0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the time of truth. I'm in Second Chronicles, chapter 18. So we're going to take my text. I about preached my voice away down at the Frogs Chapel, Thursday and Friday night. Uh, it was uh, the little country church in the woods, and it was full of kids. Wade Stover's my witness and uh, it was just, uh, just a wonderful place to be and uh, so uh, if you found uh, Second Chronicles 18 in verse 28 my reading's a little lengthy let me hear you say amen. amen so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah went up to Ramoth Gilead the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and will go to the battle, but put thou on thy robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went to the battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots that were with him, saying, Fight ye not with the small or great, save only with the King of Israel and it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said it is the king of Israel, therefore they compassed about him to fight, but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him and God moved them to depart from him for it came to pass that when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore he said to his chariot man, turn thine hand that thou mayest carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. The battle increased. That day, howbeit, the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even. And about the time of the sun going down, he died. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day. And I thank you for allowing me to be behind your desk once again. I pray you would fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me to the glory of Jehovah and no other reason. God, there's no doubt that uh, this message is for this day and this congregation. I pray that you'd bless it and sanction it, Lord, with your unction and use me for a little while. Would you use me one more time, Lord? For the glory of God. And I'm going to praise you. Give you honor and glory for everything that you're about to accomplish. And I ask it in the king's name, Jesus. Amen. amen. And amen. It's a little steel in here today. I'm not surprised. I want to preach on this thought. Bleeding on the battlefield. Bleeding on the battlefield. Now I have worn this, I have preached this in, in a lot from the first part of this passage over in First Kings 22, I've used it often, I should do a revival series on this particular chapter. But this is a brand new, I've never seen a couple of things here that I wanna share with you today. And it'll fit you This will fit you today. This is gonna gonna get right down to where we live. It's where we're at. Uh, I'm the pastor. I don't know everything, but I know a lot of things, and this will fit you today. This will help you if you'll heed this. Now, I didn't know who would be here on Monday when I got this, but God knew who would be here. And uh, so I want to bring us up to speed, if I may, on this particular story. Ahab is the most wicked king that's ruled the ten tribes of northern Israel. And Jehoshaphat is God's man. And the Bible's very clear about not being unequally yoked together. I don't mind marrying two lost people. I certainly don't mind marrying two saved people. But if people come to me and you can't convince me that you're either both unbelievers or both saved, I'm not gonna do you wedding. Because the Bible's plain about being unequally yoked together. Jehoshaphat had no business going down to where Ahab was in Samaria. But you see, he had allowed his son to marry Ahab's daughter. So this turned into a family affair. I believe Ahab had an ulterior motive here when he told Jehoshaphat to wear his robes and he would disguise himself. You see, if Jehoshaphat gets knocked off, Jezebel Jr. is gonna be helping rule over Judah. We had one Jezebel in the northern 10 tribes. We certainly didn't need her daughter helping rule in the southern too. So I believe we'd find that in this today. But that's not what my main thought is on this, concerning this passage. I want us to consider as an introduction this morning, the place of this battle. It is the place of the battle. Ramoth means this, it, came, it comes from the word Ramah. It means a high place. So they were battling over a high place. Can I tell you, the enemy doesn't want you to live in a high place. He'd rather keep you down in the valley and beat down and your head not up. This is talking about, and Ramoth Gilead was this. It was a city of refuge. The place of this battle was a high place and it was a city of refuge. Hey, that's the place of the battle. The purpose of the battle was this. Ahab wanted to take back. One of the cities of refuge that the enemy had come and stolen away. I'm telling you, you don't have to let the enemy take away from you what God wants you to have. You better know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You don't have to let the enemy possess what God's given you. But they had turned their back on God and the moment they done it, the things that God had gave them began to disappear. That's the way it works in the blessings of the life of the Christian today. Don't give away what God's give you. So we see the place of the battle and the purpose of the battle. But here's the problem with this particular battle. God wasn't in the battle. God wasn't in the battle. God never, God, as a matter of fact, God's man had come and prophesied and the only one true one out of all the 400, he said this, don't go up there. If you do, you ain't coming back. Don't do it. He said, I hate that guy. He don't ever prophesy good for me. That's because he's a heathen. There wasn't nothing good to say about him. He is anti-God. He was anti-he was anti-Judah. He was anti-sacrifice. All the things of God. He was against those things. It wasn't for God. And God, the problem of the battle was this. God wasn't in this battle. Sometimes we try to fight something. God's not in a thousand miles of it. If that's the way it is, you're going to lose. A lot of times God's saying this. Don't you fight, you just stand. If there's any fight, the battle is the Lord's. Don't you fight the battle. So here, here, he's in a, Jehoshaphat is joined up with a heathen and about to go into battle with him, Brother Matthew, and he don't belong there. See, there's certain things that we shouldn't be fighting over. There's things worth standing for, but the battle is the Lord's. Because you can't win. But God never loses. So if God has allowed you to come into this place and that battle is ensuing around you, don't, you, let's, don't give up, little flock. Just trust in the Lord and let God fight the battle that has come your way. Number one, I want us to consider the battle, the involvement. You know why this battle was ensuing? It was due to a broken covenant. You see, Ahab had Ben-Hadad, and Ben-Hadad, the Syrian, his father had taken cities, Ramoth, Gilead, the high place, one of the cities of refuge, being that city he'd taken from him. And here's what he said. Ahab had a chance to kill him. Sometimes there's some things we need to kill. Yeah, sure. But Ahab didn't kill him. Ahab let him go. And here's what he said. Benhadad said this. We'll give you the cities that my fathers took. We'll give them back. They made covenant and he let him go. He should have cut his head off. And just took the city. It was already his. It belonged to the children of Israel. It didn't belong to the Syrians. It's broken. A broken covenant. But 2 Chronicles 8 and 8, 18 and 3. We'll find this. It's due to a broken covenant. But Ahab had a desire to fight. He wanted to fight. Why? Because God had just delivered him from one battle. And he thought, hey, I'm ready to go. And we'll win this one too. So he had a desire to fight. You ever meet anybody like that? All they want to do is fight. Vladimir Putin's that way. He just wants to fight. Gordon said he heard on the news, this, was it this morning? Heard on the news this morning that Putin said he had put his nuclear missiles on alert. they probably been on alert all along, we just didn't know it, but no, he's boasting about it. Why, he just likes to fight. You know what I found out? It don't matter how big and tough you are, there's always somebody just a little tougher. He had a desire to fight. I want you to notice this. If it's going to be tied in here, I'm just going to slow down and teach it to you. I want you to notice something about this battle. He carried himself into battle, but somebody else carried him out. You think about this for a minute. He carried himself into the battle, and somebody else carried him out. That's going to make more sense in just a minute. He wasn't in the shape to carry himself out. So that's the battle. That's the battle. It's due to a broken covenant. You know why we have spiritual battles today, don't you? It's all due to a broken covenant. Amen. God had said, don't do this. Men said, I'm going to do it anyway. Here we are today wearing masks, hurting back, sore, teeth falling out, I on my eyes. All these kids say, that ain't happening to me. Just keep living. We're living in a cursed world. The covenant was broken. That's why the battle ensues. But the battle is the Lord's. It's due to a broken covenant. And it is this. Many people have a desire to fight. They don't want to get along. If there ain't something crazy going on in their family, they'll do something stupid so there'll be something to fight about. And it gets tough. You still with me? Yes. I want you to consider the bleeding. In verse 33, here's what we find in this particular place. There was a certain man, drew a bow at a venture. And you know what it done? It wounded this fella. Do you know what the word here at a venture means? It means, it means, uh, to accomplish but it also means morally it means innocent. What does that mean? That means this guy pulled a bow and stay with me it was probably someone on Ahab's side. Why would you say that? Because the joints of the harness was in the back. Ah, good. Had he been if he was facing the enemy, and we know that he was, he was battling the enemy, it's a good chance that if that word means accidentally, he didn't mean to hit the target he had. It means innocent and morally innocent. Somebody drew a bow, let it go, and it hit him right there between the joints, and he was wounded. I don't have anything to do with this. There's a lot of Christians today that are bleeding because they've been wounded by friendly fire. They, someone drew a bow in a venture. They didn't mean to hit them. They just let it go, shoot the bow like we're supposed to do, preparing for war in the battle, let it go. And all of a sudden, instead of hitting the enemy, it caught somebody else right in the back. And here they are. Now they're wounded. And they're bleeding on the battlefield. Verse 34 said this. Now this says something. This says something. He told someone. Here's the one that took him out of the battle. He brought himself into the battle. But somebody else carried him out. And here's what he said. When he got there, he said, turn your hand, take me out of battle, for I am wounded. And the Bible said, not only was he wounded, but here's what he done. He was watching because he stayed himself in the chariot. What does that tell us? That tells us this. That at that time, he wasn't mortally wounded. He still had strength to stay himself in the chariot. Now, he didn't go away. He didn't didn't run off. He went to a, a place that he could watch and he's watching the battle while he bleeds. You know what's happened in churches across America today and some in this, I know I'm the pastor, Somebody's been wounded. Somebody drew a bow at a venture. They didn't mean to. They hit them with friendly fire and it wounded them. And instead of having the Lord help them stay, they stayed themselves in the chariot. You can't hold yourself up. Acts 17 and 28, in him. It's in him. What did he do? He came and stayed himself in the battle. In other words, he's just watching what's going on, and he stayed there until he bled to death. It's happening everywhere. Somebody's wounded over something somebody said or something someone didn't say. Or they're wounded over this, or they're wounded over that. They're wounded because they didn't get this opportunity, or they're wounded because that one did. They're wounded because somebody got an invitation to preach, or somebody didn't call them to preach. They got, an, they got wounded because they didn't ask him to teach a class, and they asked somebody else to teach a class. They got wounded because somebody sat where they know they sat every week, or somebody parked in their spot. there have been a lot of reasons somebody's been wounded. They've been wounded at Adventure, and they stood there till they bled to death. Take me out of the battle. I can't fight, but I can watch. And I'm gonna watch the fight. And I'm gonna stay myself. The problem is, we can't stay ourselves. Or we can watch. But if we don't do something about it, you know what'll happen? We'll bleed to death. I don't know how many pastors and other people have talked to me through this COVID crisis, chaos, whatever you wanna call it, and here's what they said, they won't come back, or they don't come back, or we've just, I've just quit, we've just done this, it's just easier just to not do it, but I'm telling you, people are bleeding to death. Some pastors have been wounded at a venture, and they're done. And they're just there, and they're just bleeding to death, And it's a slow bleed because he stood there all day until the sun went down. Listen, if you're bleeding that slow, it takes you till the sun goes down for the life's blood to drain out of you. You weren't hurt that bad. I mean, it was repairable. It could have been fixed. It could have been patched up. Hey, listen, you pull that arrow out, plug that hole with something, get it stopped. So I don't believe it can. Okay, let's consider this. Let's consider, we've considered the battle, and we're considered the bleeding. Are you in a battle? Are you bleeding? It may be something at the house. If there's no power at home, there won't be none in the church. Maybe that spouse said something that this one just misunderstood. But Pat and I don't even have to talk anymore. So I get up from studying. I caught that migraine trying to study last night and just messed my study all up. So after I took some medicine and laid down for a few minutes, she heard me wandering around. I went in the kitchen and she's fixing cake and ice cream. She said, I knew what you was coming to get. Didn't even have to say it. After 42 years, Jake, I thought, well, it's gonna be with you and Bob and Lee?" I'll just be sitting in the chair and there'll be a a cup of hot tea sitting down inside. Just about to get up and get one of them. Yeah, I knew you was. Oh, you didn't bring any of them. Here's your vanilla wafers. Oh, glory to God. got it all. What if she was to look at me and say, get your own stinking wafers. I'd say, what's the deal here? What happened? She wouldn't know it, but there might be a little hole open up in me and I start bleeding a little bit. She never told me to get my own stinking wafers before. What to do, fold the socks wrong or what? Now we've got a whole issue going on. Somebody has shot a bow at a venture. Uh, arrows come flying and, and the other one is assuming that this one's done it on purpose and they don't say anything to them. Now you've got war at the house. They quit talking. You know what the devil likes? For you to shut up and not communicate. You know, why, you know why the Lord said, where art thou, Adam? Because he wanted to hear from him. Why is that? Communications restores things. And you know what? There they are, somebody's bleeding. Well, I didn't mean to hurt you. It, it doesn't mean what you meant to do. It's a, the word venture there is uh, morally innocent. But you hit me just the same. You cut me and you cut me deep. Well, I didn't know. You might even not know. But if they'll go to you and say, hey, you've hurt me bad. And a lot of times here's the response. I did? Oh, yeah. What did I say? Here's what you done. Well, that's not what I meant. This is good preaching. I don't care if you like it or not. If you get happy at the house, bless God, you'll be happy in here. And I know, Marsha, it's gonna take you a little while. Praise God, you're bleeding. You're on the battlefield. But I'm about to go somewhere with you in just a minute. And you'll take your turn. You'll take your turn on the battlefield and you'll take your opportunity. There'll be that time that something, something's going to happen to you and the blood's going to begin to pour. And you know, you know why he died? You know why he died? said, so, well, God said he's going to die. God said we're all going to die. But one, he didn't have to go into that fight. It'd have been a little while longer before he died, no doubt. God knew what he was going to do before he'd done it. Didn't mean he didn't have the will to do something else. God would have allowed him to have done that. It wasn't just in Ramoth that he died. It was in Gilead. And here's what Cousin Butch said. Did you notice where he died? I said, yeah. Ramoth. He said, Gilead. You know what that is? That's who I feel the Holy Ghost right here. That's where you know what Gilead was? The place of medicine. It's where the bomb of Gilead was produced. He's standing on the battlefield. We're all in a battlefield. He's standing there bleeding. They somebody here today feel like he you had your guts cut out? I'd be preaching something else. He's there, and somebody else. You use with scripture today? Bear you one another's burdens. Praise God. That's right. Somebody else got him out of the battle. How many times somebody helped you, got you out of the battle? They see you're bleeding but they can't do nothing about it. You know who can? You. You know what you need? This simple. Jeremiah said, is there no balm in Gilead? And the answer is, yes, there's balm in Gilead. You know what he done? He stood there and bled to death with the medicine laying all around him. He was in the very place where the the healing could have helped him. But, Jed, he didn't take the healing. He'd rather watch the fight. He'd rather stay in the battle. That bunch hurt me. I'm going to hurt them. No, you're going to die That's what you're going to do. If you've been wounded and you're standing there and you don't even realize how slow the blood's coming out, pretty soon when the blood's gone, friend, you're going down because the life is in the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. But i tell you, you know, Tony said it and i about to you know what this is? It's the hospital. You know what's available today, spiritually speaking? The bomb of Gilead. There's bomb all over the building. they has been times Gordon's been my bomb. They've been times Junior's been my bomb. Others, my wife is my con- constant and continual bomb to help me when I'm down Bomb's our helper. And bomb's the thing that heals us. And there's bomb enough for everybody in the room. And I know we've had more than our share of sickness in this church. I commend you for coming back because a lot of them got sick and never come back. And some of you, some of you are injured by but by, by just Circumstance beyond your ability to do anything with it. And then some been injured accidentally and some have been injured because they meant to injure you. I had someone tell me one time, uh, they said, I know I hurt you and I meant to do it. I said, you done a good job. Yeah, you hurt me bad. But I didn't bleed to death. I didn't try to stave myself up in the chariot on that day. I crawled into my prayer room that night. I crawled into my prayer room that night, and I said, God, I've been injured on purpose. It wasn't accidentally. They meant to do it. And God said, you know what? They meant to do it to me too. Mm, I started feeling a little better. I thought, my goodness, who am I not to suffer an injury or two for the cause of the kingdom? I've not had anybody beat me with a stick. I've had them threaten to kill me, but they ain't hit me yet. Hey, listen, I've been in in places where things have spoken, but praise God, I've never had nobody nail me to a tree. I've never had somebody whip the blood out of my body back. Jesus went through all these things for me and he done it so that when I got hurt I could have a healing. He done it that when I was down he could lift me up. He is my bomb this morning. I don't have bomb outside of him. When I find myself on the battlefield and I tell you it's just about a daily event and I find myself bleeding which is more than just every now and then. I tell you what I find. name of the Lord. your heads. Vernon's going to play soft on the piano. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.